Every Monday through Thursday, we bring you a new story on the theme of power, culture, or the future. Handpicked from theoutline.com. I'm your host, James T. Green, and this is The Dispatch. The future. The other week, I bought tickets from a friend to go see Arctic Monkeys. Future staff writer, Paris Martineau. I then met her $85, and an email containing my tickets arrived a couple minutes later. Tickets just got sent to you, read the subject line. But the body was a bit different. This email isn't your ticket. Here's how to accept the ticket. One, get the Access app. Two, create an Access account using the email address that got this email. And three, the tickets are yours. So this company, Axis, or as it's shown, AXS, like, yeah. what's the deal with this company? So Axis is part of AEG, which is Ann Schultz Entertainment Group. It's kind of like Live Nation Entertainment, which is basically Ticketmaster plus Live Nation. Mm-hmm. It's a website that you can go on and purchase tickets, um, exchange them. You can tech me on with a lot of fees, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, of course. Boatloads of fees. It's got... Sports stuff, concerts, it's partnered technically with the Overwatch League, and the only way to get tickets for that is through Access. So this company, they're swooping in, like, and essentially they are the same as Ticketmaster and Live Nation. How are they utilizing themselves to say, like, hey, we're better than this? Like, what's the benefit, of lack thereof, of using Access? I mean, with all ticket companies, you know, they each have their own quirks. The main one that I had seen and... A key part of this story is what Access calls flash seats. So essentially it's this system that relies on kind of a dynamically changing barcode system in order to counteract ticket scalping. Mm -hmm. So essentially instead of having a ticket normally, I mean, whenever I get a ticket, I screenshot it and then never look at it in my email ever again. But you can't do that with Access flash seats. They will send you like a login to an app. You have to download the Access app, and then when you're at your event or esports competition or whatever you're going to go see, you open up the app, and it is a constantly regenerating barcode that you have to scan. So it's supposed to be harder for people to like screenshot and send to someone else. And mm, it's kind of like those authenticator apps, yeah, like Google Authenticator. It's just right? like that, but instead of um, the number, it's a barcode. But since you're Paris Martin now, you of always course. have to find something bad <laughs> my, about my, something. What I, do, I, mean, I mean, that's like on the end, this sounds like a good thing, you know, it's like, yeah, oh, yeah, no, like easier way to get tickets. But what's what's the bad thing here? Like, I know so, you're going to drop on me like there's something wrong with this thing. The bad thing <laughs> is thing. that you download this app <laughs> and you're essentially consenting for them to take all of your information possible and sell it and share it to whoever they want forever. Okay, so what's the big list of information that you're giving up? My my dirty little uh, secret slash habit is I spend a lot of time reading privacy policies, and so whenever I do these pieces or look <laughs> at them, I'll just like include like a really juicy quote. But this I can't do that because their privacy policy is so long, and the number of things that they collect data on you and uh, the number of places they send it to is so long that I'll just briefly summarize here. First and last name, precise location, as determined by GPS, Wi-Fi, and other means, how often the app is used, what content you're viewing using the app, 
which ads you're clicking on, what purchases you're making and not making, your personal advertising identifier, which links you to all the ads you see all around the web. Is that right? kind of like that uh, Facebook cookie thing? Yeah, yeah. Also, Facebook gets all this information, Google gets all this information, double-click ads gets all this information. But wait, I'm not done. Oh, man. Um, IP address, operating system, device make and model, billing address, credit card number, security codes, mailing address, phone number, email address, among others. Wow. Yeah. Looking from this company's perspective, like, data is dollars, you know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, no, this I mean, is, this this is, is perfect not, for Axis them. Axis is not the only company that's doing it. Like, I was on a plane the other week, and I was like, well, I don't really have, I just have the in-plane Wi-Fi that I'm not going to pay for, so I'll just read their privacy policy. Even your plane <laughs> Wi-Fi is, like, sell this. Anything and every company in the world is making money off of this information, but... I don't know. It just feels so skeevy to me. And you're really not offering people any options when it comes to these sort of uh, decisions. Most people aren't going to know this data is being collected about them. Mm -hmm. And if companies want to operate like this and collect this data, okay, go for it. But just allow people to make an informed choice other than you either consent to all of this and get the ticket you paid for or don't. Get your ticket. Those are the two options here. So the thing I immediately think of is like, okay, what if there are fans like Arctic Monkey fans or whatever that don't have a smartphone or I really want to see this band and this is the only system. Is there anything like as a consumer, as a fan that I can do? So as of this recording, for a majority of um, tickets or ones that are primarily going through Axis, the Flash mobile tickets are going to be the cheapest. I mean, I think it's free if you are getting – I remember when I was ordering these Arctic Monkeys tickets, or my friend was. Flash mobile option is free, but if you want to be able to print them out or get them delivered to you, it's going to be added, an added cost, hmm. which can really be, I guess, prohibitive for someone who has maybe been saving up for this. Or it, you shouldn't have to pay more right. to perhaps keep your data private. I don't think that's a reasonable option to yeah. people. And it seems like it's, it's kind of like this common thing that's occurring here. And mm -hmm. it's like, all right, great, we have these smartphones or these like smart devices that are supposed to be bringing conveniences into our life but it's kind of this like weird feeling where it's like all right like we now have this option to pay for more low-tech options for the sake of our privacy yeah the rich are able to have privacy you know if you're rich you can pay to keep your information private and that's really upsetting because it is people who don't have that money that are at the biggest disadvantage from having all this data collected on you mm -hmm. i mean i think when we talk about data privacy or privacy policies in general. People often immediately default to, oh, well, who cares? Or even Mark Zuckerberg's answer to this sort of question. Facebook is an idealistic and optimistic company. Oh, well, we're, people want more accurate ads for themselves. Everybody likes to have, you know, better targeted ads. Let's, let's put the truth of that claim aside. It's not just this information isn't just going into ads. I mean, insurance companies are mining data brokers, which is where mm -hmm. this information eventually goes up, and using that to, you know, add to your overall profile to try and decide wow. what premium you should get. So if, let's say, a study came out in a couple of years being like, oh, you know, people who go to concerts in Brooklyn regularly are way more likely to get injured than my insurance company if I applied for a new rate or something. They could be like, oh, yeah, Paris, we're going to jack your rates up because mm -hmm. you're way more likely to get injured because you're going to concerts in Brooklyn, and we know that. 
whenever your data is being collected by one of these companies, it's not just being collected by that company and a few select others. Once your data is out there, it is out there forever, and they have ownership on it basically for good, as do all of the third parties they share with it. So it continues to get into this giant like snowball that who knows has ownership with, who knows where it's going, mm -hmm. who knows what it's going to be doing to you. So long as we have privacy policies that are long and boring and no one will want to read and that offer no options to, for me to be like, hey, yeah, I see that you want to collect all of this and share with people. I'd like for you to not do that. and I can still use your product. As long as there, it's just a either or option. I don't know where we're going to go from here. Did you reach out to Access for a statement? I did. I haven't heard anything back from them, but I'll definitely let you know. Yeah, we'll just have you back on if we hear anything else. Yeah, the most upsetting thing is I did download the app, though. I had to go see my concert. It was great, <laughs> though. But <laughs> That was future staff writer Paris Martineau. Thanks, Paris. Thanks, James. The Outland World Dispatch is produced and hosted by me, James D. Green. Today's music is courtesy of APM, and our theme is by the fantastic John Lagomarsino. Woo! I'm James C. Green, and I leave you with this. You push the button, and we'll do the rest. The exotic sound of data storage. Nothing like it. First thing in the morning. You know it's from Paris? Is that from Hewlett Packard? No, it's an Arctic Monkey oh, song. Oh, really? Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, it's, is that, I only, I'm really a big fan of like their two oldest records and nothing else. Yeah, that's one of their newest songs, um, actually nice. about data and technology. Wow, that's really good. Yeah. See you later. Ring 17 and 3 8, up one half. The exotic sound of data storage.